Do you suffer from pain, tenderness, or a clicking in your jaw? Maybe you have pain while chewing, chronic migraines, or other facial discomfort. We have the answer for you. Welcome to the TMJ and Jaw Pain Podcast with Dr. Astrid Cruz-Aguirre. Dr. Guir is a maxillofacial surgeon qualified in both dentistry and medicine and is the head of the Temporomandibular Joint Center. You don't have to live in pain. Listen to today's podcast and learn more about the causes of jaw pain and your treatment options. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast. Some time ago, we briefly discussed some surgical procedures. Today, I would like to tell you more about discopexy. Discopexy is one of the most performed operations on the temporomandibular joint. What exactly is discopexy? What are the clear indications for a surgical procedure? And where are the limits of such an intervention, including the complications? But let's start with an explanation of what exactly occurs in a discopexy. As part of this operation under general anesthesia, the joint disc is returned to its original position and fixed. To whom is this operation performed? Certainly not with all joint disc displacements. And those affected where the joint disc is so severely displaced that they have a painful restriction of mouth opening and all conservative measures have already been conducted without a significant improvement in the symptoms. I need to emphasize that this intervention is not the therapy of the first choice, but only when all conservative therapy forms such as physiotherapy, osteopathy and self-massage, as well as regular exercises have been conducted. Before I conduct such a surgical intervention, a magnetic resonance examination is always conducted beforehand. Of course, one can determine clinically where the articular disc is displaced forward. So why is it essential to have a magnetic resonance examination beforehand? That's easy to answer. Before, before such an intervention, I always want to know exactly where the joint disc is. That means the degree of displacement and whether the posterior ligament, which usually holds the joint disc in its position, is torn or overstretched. Additionally, of interest is whether there is a hole in the joint disc. All these questions cannot be answered with a conventional CT or so-called computer tomography examination or with a digital volume tomography, also a three-dimensional X-ray examination. If I already see an obvious signs of atrocious in the conventional X-ray examination, that means degenerative disease in a significantly narrow joint space I mean the space between the joint head and the joint socket, it can already be assumed that the joint disc is either extremely thin or maybe just thinner is partially present. In a magnetic resonance examination, the condition of the joint disc can be clarified precisely. Why is this important before surgery? Only when I have all this information can I plan the operation exactly and discuss it in detail with my patient. That way we know if we can get the joint disc if possible or if it is so damaged that it needs to be replaced. It is important to discuss and plan this calmly before the operation and not to decide interoperatively, I mean during the operation, what exactly is to be operated on and how. How long does an operation like this take? This operation usually takes about 45 minutes and is performed under general anesthesia. What happens when you wake up after the operation? 
The wound is then covered with special plasters or a bandage. A small radon drainage is often inserted, which can then be removed after about a day. This is a very small bottle that collects the wound fluid. Then it is not the case that you can immediately open your mouth wide again and be free of symptoms. The mouth opening has often been significantly reduced for a long time before this operation, and thus the chewing muscles are also shortened and the sideways movement is likely to be reduced significantly. I mean the lower jaw can only be pushed to the side to a very limited extent. All this must then be slowly practiced again. After the operation, it is important to cool regularly for the first two or three days after the operation so that the swelling is not too great. How exactly does the surgical procedure work? First, I expose the joint capsule and then I carefully open the joint. Then we look for the pinched joint disc and release it again. Depending on the condition of the rear ligament, I mean the joint disc fixation, this ligament is shortened or, if it is torn, reattached with individual sutures. The function of the temporomandibular joint is then checked by carefully movements and then the capsule and wound are sewn up in layers. After such an operation, the muscles must be slowly stretched and build up again. This requires regular exercises and a little patience. The healing process is comparable to that of a large joint. In the case of the large joints, this is also initially protected, for example, the hips or knees. After a week, the stitches are removed and then my patients start physiotherapy again. What are the risks of such an operation? In addition to the general risk of bleeding, swelling, or inflammation, there could be theoretically be an injury to neighboring structures such as the facial nerve. The risk of damage to the facial nerve is less than 1%, but the risk increases if someone has already had an operation before, as scaring then occurs and the facial nerve is usually no longer in the same position. The risk can be reduced easily and significantly if nerve stimulation is used. You can imagine a nerve stimulator as a kind of tweezers with which you touch the tissue. If you are then close to the facial nerve, the disturbing or the eye twitches. The patient himself does not notice anything because of the procedure takes place under general anesthesia. The anesthesiast must not give the patient too much so-called muscle relaxations during the procedure. Putting on muscle relaxants has a very relaxing effect on the muscles, but the nerve can either no longer be controlled at all with the nerve stimulator or can only be controlled with a great difficulty. It is therefore important to discuss the procedure with the appropriate anesthesiologist beforehand, or he can also give an antidote to counteract the effect of the muscle relaxation. But don't worry, the patient doesn't feel this nerve stimulation. How does the scar look like? It is not that easy to explain here because I can't show you a picture. However, the scar is very delicate and runs directly on the tragus. That means the cartilage of the auditory canal and then unconspicuously in the hairy area of the temple. Therefore, during this procedure, the hair is usually shaved about one centimeter around the ear. But don't worry, it will grow back very quickly. Incidentally, the incision is also used for facelifts. One of my first teachers once told me that the scar 
is the surgeon's business card. So we pay a lot of attention to have a very good business card. But I would like to emphasize again how important it is to exhaust all conservative measures beforehand. In most of those affected with a joint disc displacement, that means a herniated disc in the jaw joint with less stress in regular special exercises, the joint disc slides back again. A surgical procedure can only be considered if this does not slide back and there is a painful restriction of the mouth opening. So if you have any questions or topic requests, please reach out to me. See you soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on TMJ and jaw pain or to contact Dr. Cruza Guir, you can go to our website, www.tmj.clinic. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. Until next time, we wish you the very best and want you to live healthy and pain-free.